Today on the podcast, I'm tackling a question that I get asked pretty regularly, actually. People will ask me how I afford to go to Disney as often as I do. It's an uncomfortable question. I mean, you want me to talk about my finances? Maybe not in detail. But how about I share with you my top 10 things that I do to budget and make sure that I have funds to go to Disney. Hi, I'm Francine and you're listening to the Pixie Dust Fan Podcast, a podcast where our first topic of conversation will always be Disney. I've been a Disney fan for as long as I can remember and I'm determined to bring more of that Disney magic into my everyday life. So if you need a little extra pixie dust in your day, you've come to the right place. Thanks so much for listening and let's get started. Welcome to another episode of the Pixie Dust Fan Podcast. I can't believe Christmas is almost here. When this episode goes live in iTunes and Google Play and all the places that I put it, um, it will be seven days away from Christmas. It's crazy how quickly the year has gone by. I think I'm also, I'm a little discombobulated because I went to Walt Disney World at the beginning of December and that always confuses me when... I, I take time out of December to go on vacation, which is fantastic. I'm completely unprepared for the Christmas holidays and the shopping I need to get done. And, you know, if my sister's listening, she's going to be rolling her eyes and saying, what shopping do you have to do? We decided years ago that because Becky likes to shop and she always bought too much for everybody, that... It just made sense that she did all the shopping and then I just gave her my half. And then we gave, you know, for our family um, presents, then they were just from the both of us. But so really, technically, I only have to buy for Becky. And yeah, I'm still very far behind. And I spent the day today on Amazon looking for the perfect gift. But anyway, I'm getting sidetracked now. (laughs) I had my trip at the beginning of December, like the whole reason for this episode Um, I had my trip at the beginning of December and now I've got to prepare for the Pixie Dust fan cruise in January. I'm so excited about it. You know, it's a bunch of Pixie Dust fans that are going to come together and go on a four night sailing on the Disney Dream in January and I cannot wait. It's going to be a ton of fun and you know, it's always nice to, to be on on board and know that you have friends around and you can spend time with them or you don't have to and at least there's there's just always someone it's kind of fun to walk by the pool or you know up on the top deck and you say hey how's it going like you know these people and these are your friends and you know cruising is always better with friends so I came home from my trip in December and I had posted on Facebook that you know I was sad to be home But that I only had, you know, I think it was like 37 days until my next Disney vacation. And then I got the question. Someone posted in, in reply to my post and said, how do you afford to do this? How do you afford to go to Disney as often as you do? For me, it's always, it's a weird question. It's a bit uncomfortable, but... It's a question that I get asked more often than you think. Um, I've got a blog post that I did a couple of years ago on it, but I thought that maybe I should do a podcast and elaborate a little on it because it is a question that I get asked. And, you know, I, I know some of you are wondering. So here goes. It feels a little odd to talk about my finances and all that kind of stuff, but... 
I really hope that by sharing some of this information, you will have a better appreciation for, um, you know, who I am and, and what my life is like. Um, and as well, maybe you're going to find some tidbits that will help you to, to visit Walt Disney World or Disneyland or any of your favorite vacation destinations uh, a little more often. So I have worked in my, what I call my unmagical job for uh, just over 23 years. It's almost 24. I can't believe it. Um, I work in a corporate job that I kind of fell into. I started in the call center and I was answering the phones part time. And I kind of, I've worked my way up and landed in a place where I do um, data analysis and analytics and um, it kind of, it was kind of, I fell into it. I didn't really choose it. It didn't choose me. And if I had the choice, of course, I would be doing Pixie Dust fan stuff full time. But, you know, my job, I love the people there. Um, I have some, some of my greatest friends I work with. Uh, my team is amazing and they're all good, kind hearted people and I love them and I love the, the work we do is interesting. It's just, it wouldn't be my first choice, but you know, it's, it's good. I, I have, I can't complain about it, but it is the job that pays for me to go to Walt Disney World. It's the job that pays for my mortgage and the job that keeps food on my table. I work very hard at it and I work probably, you know, somewhere between eight and 10 hours a day at it. And I try desperately to make sure that my nights and weekends are not consumed by the unmagical job so that I can do the Pixie Dust fan stuff. The Pixie Dust fan stuff is the stuff that I do in my, you know, my free time. As of this recording, um, and I'm sure for a little while, Pixie Dust Fan does not make me any money. In fact, it costs me money. So, you know, the website hosting and the, the podcast hosting and all of those kind of things I pay for. And I'm happy to do so because this, this doing this brings me joy and I, you know, I feel, I feel good about doing it. It's, it's my passion and this is, this is what I want to do. And, you know, one day I hope that I can figure out how to monetize some of it so that I can do it more instead of less. And it's not, you know, me doing podcasts on a Sunday night at eight o'clock because that's the only time that I managed to get to it. So hopefully one day, if you've got ideas about how to monetize, I'm all ears, please, you know, send them over to me. But for now, uh, it's definitely my corporate job that pays the bills. Now, if we start getting practical about my tactics and how I save money, I have 10 things that I kind of do to make sure that I have money for Disney. And the first one is I don't buy clothes. And if I do, they're not expensive. Now, let me elaborate and sort of caveat that. I buy t-shirts in Disney and those are my addiction, yes. But when I'm talking about clothes and not being expensive, I'm actually talking about my work clothes and, you know, my pajamas and, and clothes for around the house and those kind of things. So when I buy clothes, I go to, um, you know, sort of the, the lower end stores. I, I buy the same thing. So I go to the store, I see black dress pants on sale and I'll buy four or five pairs 
and they'll do that's it they do me and I get them hemmed I do whatever I have to do um same with the shirts so I have one or two styles of shirts that really you know I like and when they come out with new patterns and they go on sale I buy a bunch of them and they all kind of mix and match so it maybe it appears that I have more outfits than I really do but they're not expensive and I you know that's kind of I scrimp there because I I don't really it's not important to me that my work clothes are um, expensive and or you know really I just have to look somewhat professional that's kind of the extent of it with the exception of my t-shirts at Disney because you all know about my t-shirt addiction um, my work clothes yeah I don't I don't spend money on that number two I buy no name and discount brands wherever wherever I can really I scrimp um, everywhere paper towel and frozen pizzas and you know those kind of things they're all no name now there of course there are certain things that that I will buy the brand name because they're better quality but things like you know my garbage and recycling bags I know that if I bought the glad or or the brand name ones that I could probably it would be a lot easier for me <laughs> but the no name ones they tend to rip a little bit easier but you know, then I just have to be careful and that's okay because I'm careful when I carry it to the curb and every time I save a little bit of money on these things, it goes towards my Disney fund. So I will, I will do whatever I have to, to make sure that, you know, I've got a couple extra bucks. Number three, I very rarely spend money on entertainment. Um, you know, I'm old now. <laughs> I'm not, I'm no spring chicken. I'm not, I'm not clubbing anymore where my weekends used to be full of Friday and Saturday nights clubbing and out on the town. That's really not me. I come home from work usually on a Friday night and put on my pajamas and I sit in front of the computer doing stuff for Pixie Dust fans. That's kind of my entertainment. That's, you know, what I'm doing. So I'm not, I'm not going out and spending money on drinks. Um, or expensive dinners. If I'm seeing my friends now, it's usually at somebody's house. You know, it's we each, we bring a case of beer and we go to somebody's house and order a pizza. Or if we really get fancy, we might meet at Kelsey's for dinner. <laughs> and that's kind of, you know, that's kind of where my money goes. I don't really spend stuff like that. So all of those splurges or anything that I'm doing is... Um, really related to Disney and I don't really spend money on anything else. My entertainment is hanging out online and on the podcast with you guys. Number four, I do my own repairs at home. So living alone, I don't have anybody that um, does my repairs or fixes things for me. It's, it's kind of all up to me. And I used to think I used to call in people like call in um, professionals to do things for me, but it costs a lot of money. And if I can avoid it, um, I will. So I discovered that it's really it's actually pretty cool that if you have a toolbox and YouTube, you can do a lot of your own repairs. So I had like my my bathroom, the toilet was running. I managed to fix that 
by watching a YouTube video and then going up to Rona and getting the parts. My shower leaking, um, I was very proud of myself that I managed to replace the shower head. I even used like the plumber's tape and everything. And um, I've reset the pilot light on my water heater. I've done all sorts of things to avoid bringing out a professional for service calls. Now, obviously, it reaches a point at some times where I have to call them. Um, but I, you know, I weigh the price of the, the call versus the inconvenience. So I think I've talked about this before, but my washing machine airs out during the spin cycle. So, you know, it goes through the first cycle and then it stops and it airs out and it flashes or whatever. And I can get past this. So the, the YouTube video says I have to replace the motherboard and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, it's, it's too expensive for all the parts. But what I can do is if I press stop and start enough times, it will just restart and then it'll finish the cycle. So that's what I do. I have been doing this for probably a year and a half. At some point, it's going to stop working. And I don't know when, hopefully not when I have a whole bunch of laundry to do. But for now, every time I put on a load of laundry, I run downstairs, I put the load in, and then I wait until halfway through when it airs out and I have to run back downstairs and do this again and again. And yeah, but when I work out how much it would cost me for a repairman to come out and take a look at it, and he may or may not be able to fix it, you know, that repair price is probably the same price as maybe four nights at Pop Century. So yeah, I'm going to run up and down the stairs. I'm going to do whatever I have to do to avoid spending that money. Number five, I measure all of my spending in relation to Disney vacations. So this is kind of fun and this really does help me a lot. Before I buy anything, I think about what I could do for the same money in a trip. Think about it. If I wanted to spend an evening out and a nice dinner and a concert, I could easily spend 150 bucks. For that money, I could pay for Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party or a couple of great table service meals or even a night at a resort. Like, I know what I'd much rather have. You know, on a smaller scale, I look at things like when I buy my tea at Tim Hortons. If I'm going crazy and I'm buying way too much, um you know, that would be the same as maybe a Cheshire cat table, cat tail in the Magic Kingdom. You know, I really try to equate what I could use that money for in a Disney vacation. And it helps me. It really helps me to curb some of my spending. You know, when my friends and I go and we're, we've decided, okay, we're going to dinner, the difference between going to the keg versus going to Kelsey's is probably the difference between, you know, a table service and a quick service for me. So yeah, I'm going to save that money and I feel good about it because I know that when I get to Walt Disney World, I can spend it without guilt. Number six, every payday has something for Disney. So I know a lot of people that, you know, you pay yourself. And a lot of people were brought up to do that and make sure that you have savings and retirement plan and all sorts of great stuff where every payday you put aside X number of dollars for your retirement. I do something similar, but it's a Disney fund. I don't have the retirement fund and all that kind of stuff. I don't know what's going to happen when I get to that age, but I'll figure it out then. For now, 
I take a portion of my pay every payday and I put it in my Disney savings account. So I have a separate account um, and it automatically transfers. So as soon as my pay goes in, money comes out. So I don't even really have a chance to see it and or spend it. And it goes directly into my savings account for my Disney vacations, which kind of brings me to number seven. I use the tools that my bank offers me to help me save money. So I have a U.S. bank account through my Canadian bank and I deposit money whenever I can. So my my savings account where my money goes in, I actually take some of that and deposit it into my U.S. account. And because I do it in smaller increments and it's not like a big, huge chunk, um, I don't really notice as much the conversion and, you know, the, the U.S. to Canadian dollar it's it's so brutal (laughs) like that conversion is so rough on us so when I do it in smaller increments I don't really feel the sting of the exchange rate as much I also have a, a prepaid US dollar visa card from my bank so it's kind of it's kind of like those prepaid visas and I can go on on my phone and move money out of my US account onto this prepaid visa whenever I want so it kind of sets a limit for me on the money I spend. So if I put 200 US on it for, you know, my my water and my quick service and all that kind of stuff, then I can check it throughout my vacation and see where am I at? How I, how much have I spent? And I've got a limit and a box around that. Um, you know, I like to think of it as a limit, but you know, some the other visas there for when something fantastic comes out and I'm I'm willing to put myself into debt for it. You know, that's that's a big deal too. <laughs> Number eight. This is probably the biggest thing that I ever did for myself and my health is I quit smoking. So I smoked for 30 years and I finally quit. Um, it was, it was, it was one of the hardest things I've ever done, but, um, I'm very glad that I did, you know, There were lots of other things that come with quitting smoking, including the weight gain and all that stuff. You know, I'm working on that. But for now, the money that I used to spend on cigarettes, I had never, I just accepted it as part of my life. That that was just, you know, the cost of living for me was feeding that addiction. And now that I don't spend the money on cigarettes, if you can believe it, what I spent in cigarettes is almost this price of round trip flights for me to Orlando. So if I, if I can get like a decent price on flights, that's what I would have spent on cigarettes. So every time I think to myself, oh my gosh, you're being crazy. You shouldn't go again. I think, you know, I would have just set that money on fire before. And one of the things that has helped me, I still miss smoking. I wish I could have a cigarette every single day of my life. But every time I think about it, I think, no, 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 because if you do that, you can't go to Disney. So this is the carrot that keeps me from not smoking again. It's funny how how you can sort of do that in your own head and and rationalize and, and come up with all of these things to make sure that, you know, whatever I'm doing, it's all to feed this Disney addiction. It's kind of crazy, right? But hey, it works for me. And it's been almost two years since I quit smoking. And I know now that I will never go back to it but I will always consider every flight that I can go to to Disney if I wanted to. Once a month, I could afford the flights 
based on what I'm saving in cigarettes. Number nine, I buy an annual pass, so I could go every weekend and I'm a Disney Vacation Club member. But so the annual pass, that's a no brainer. I think, you know, if you go twice uh, for two weeks, one week each, you know, you're better off buying an annual pass. But for me, so that was a no brainer. Um, my other thing, the Disney Vacation Club, I bought my Disney Vacation Club when they built Bay Lake Tower um, years ago. My sister's also a member. You know, is it right for everybody? No. Um, is it right for me? Yes. But it still, it doesn't even cover all of my vacations. So I don't have enough points for all of my vacations. And my sister doesn't have enough. We're always running out of points and have to book vacations, you know, with our travel agents and, and whatever the same way. But, um, you know, when you look at it with the maintenance fees and all that kind of stuff, it made sense for me because when I bought, I didn't have to finance it for long and the dollar was really good. Right now, you know, would I do it again right now based on the economics? Maybe not. Um, but, you know, it, it worked for me. So some of my vacations, I have the accommodations. I already paid for them when I bought my, my vacation club. So that kind of helps me out there too. Number 10, don't underestimate the value of a good travel agent. Now, I, you know, I'm affiliated with Pure Magic Vacations and I think they're the best in the business, but a travel agent will make sure that you've got the best deal for the best time that you're going. They will keep an eye on things. So if a new promo comes out that's going to save money, they will find it for you. And that is, you know, it doesn't cost you anything. So why wouldn't you? So that is my list of 10 things that I do to make sure that I prioritize Disney over other things. That's really kind of what it comes down to. It's the most important thing, obviously, outside of my family and friends and all that kind of stuff. But it really is that important to me. I always want to make sure that I have money and a trip, a trip planned for something to look forward to. You know, I'm not just talking about this pixie dust stuff. I love it. It really does bring me joy every single day and doing the posts and, and bringing a little bit more of it to you guys at home. You, it means everything to me. And when I get those messages from you that say, you know, I can't go for another couple of years, but you really make me feel like I'm there or thanks for sharing it with me. It really makes me feel good. And that to me is so important and I'm going to keep doing it and I'm going to keep prioritizing it. And, you know, hopefully at some time I figure out how to make some money from, from this so that, oh, maybe one day I can finally quit that corporate job and just have pixie dust all day. Is that a dream? Is that kind of crazy? <laughs> maybe, maybe people will think I'm nuts, but hey, I gotta be me. Now, this is a bit of a short episode because, well, quite frankly, it's difficult to keep a long conversation going when I'm talking to myself, which maybe is not so surprising. Well, it is kind of surprising because when I'm at home, I talk to myself all the time. But maybe, you know, I'm not recording it, so maybe that's why it seems a little better. <laughs> I don't know. But I have enjoyed sharing this with you, even though it is a bit uncomfortable for me. 
you know, I, I grew up hearing that you weren't supposed to talk about money and, you know, I get it. It, maybe it's not a most comfortable conversation, but I'm hopeful that some of it is stuff that you can use and practically use to help you finance your next Disney vacation. Now for my pixie dust of the week. Well, I'm an Apple girl. I love my iMac. I love my iPhone, everything Apple, of course, but Apple really doesn't have a lot of good smart home stuff yet. You know, I can't wait till they come out with it, but for now, they, they just don't. And I needed a new alarm clock. So the alarm clock that I had in my room, it drove me nuts. It was like a round thing and it had, you know, this light that was very hard to figure out. And if you hit the wrong button, then it was a flashing light and it, dro it drove me crazy. Anyway. So I was trying to do some shopping. Well, I was trying to do Christmas shopping actually for my sister. And then I stumbled across, it came up a suggestion for you. And it was the um, Alexa, it's the Amazon um, Alexa. It's an alarm clock, but it's, I can't even remember now what it's called. The Amazon Echo Show. I had to go look that up. So truthfully, I just paused this and Googled it to figure out what it was. So it's the Echo um, and it's it almost looks like a little uh, picture frame kind of. And, you know, I can say, Alexa, set my alarm for 630 tomorrow morning. And she will. She'll tell me the weather. Um, and she actually has this. I say she, um, the clock actually has this thing where it gradually lightens almost like the sun coming up before your alarm goes off that I love that. Um, and yeah, I'm finding this kind of handy to ask Alexa. Now I do have the Google, um, thing that I got for Christmas last year, but I got that for Christmas cause you know, it had Mickey ears. Um, but now I have Alexa. So I have Google and Alexa. I can't wait for Siri to come out with something, but I get to ask Alexa all sorts of stuff. And then I found myself this fun story, though. I did find myself the other day saying thank you to her when she told me the weather, which freaked me out a little bit, too. But anyway, so I will put a link to the um, to the device that I got in the show notes. If you're looking for a new alarm clock so far, so good. I'm kind of loving it. And yeah, that's sort of my pixie dust for the week. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Pixie Dust Fan Podcast. I hope that this topic, while maybe a little uncomfortable, gave you some insights and even just some food for thought that might help you to save for your next Disney vacation. If you enjoyed the episode, I'd really appreciate if you could rate and review. Make sure you subscribe so that you get a new episode every Wednesday morning. And, you know, send me an email, send me a tweet, send me something that tells me what kind of stuff you'd like to hear on the next podcast. Are there certain guests you'd like me to have on? Are there topics you want to hear covered? Are there some advice and, and information that you really are waiting to hear from me? Let me know. I can't wait to hear from you. Till next time, remember that you are never too old to be young. Chase your dreams and design your own happily ever after.